I was playing GBO2 today, and uh, there's a thing you can do every month, like, you can get, like, a medal based on how, basically how much money you've spent. There are technically other ways to level it up, but they're so in, they're so insubstantial compared to spending money. And there was a person with a gold medal, and they used their ability to give us all a boost so that we get a better boost. drops from that, from that uh, match, mm-hmm. right? And because of that, I noticed them. I was like, oh, uh, thank you for the boost. <laughs> Lifetime Smoker 45. <laughs> Do we have That's I the name. Like, did we ever make a gotcha bumper? I'm not finding it. Oh, there's no no. I have we fake didn't. fake bumper memories, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a there was a gotcha podcast that we did for a while. Mm-hmm. And we had two different joke names for it. I had one that I liked a lot at first and was problematic, and then I realized wasn't as funny as I thought it. Because it's like gotcha. Uh, so I had gotcha bitch, right? Because it's like I remember that one. You know, like gotcha. But then as we switched it to gotcha pawn, because it's like gotcha pawn, and it works a little better anyway. Ah, gotcha. It's like gotcha pod. Yes. Gotcha, anyway, gotcha pod. Um, oh, ho, ho. you found me. It's August 2nd, 2023, and I'm pretty sure I got the date right. I'm proud of you. And I'm Nick Cease, and this is Bottle Crow, reborn a Dota 2 podcast where we don't talk about Dota 2 on a podcast. It's been a little while. It's all my fault, but it's been a little while. Well, it's also been like we had to do a couple of battles as well, you know? You know, we had to fight a a battle debt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A battle debt pay your battle debts people battle debts. you'll never guess which movie i watched the other night okay what is it it's an excuse to use this bumper is that office space what you do it scanline media is you take audio files from the podcasters and you bring them down to the listeners yes yes that's that's right well, then I just have to ask, why couldn't the podcasters just take them directly to the, to the listeners? Huh? Well, uh, I'll tell you why. Uh, because podcasters are not good at dealing with listeners. Uh-huh. So you physically take the audio files from the podcasters. Well... No, my, my secretary does that, or the facts. Huh. So then you must physically bring them to the audience. Well, no. Yeah, I mean, sometimes. Uh, what What would you say you do here? Six. Well, look, I already told you. I deal with the goddamn podcasters. So the listeners don't have to. I have audio skills. I am good at dealing with podcasters. Can't you understand it? What the hell is wrong with you people? What a great high energy way to start the show. (laughs) So was Office Space. It it was Office Space. It's been a while since I just watched all of Where should we go next? (laughs) (laughs) Well, after that, do we need to to enjoy a beverage imbibe, perhaps? Well, okay. Did you have any new takeaways from Office Space? What did your What did your revisit grant you? What sites? 
Um, it made me think about, I've been vaguely thinking about this a lot these days, about the about what modern movies do or like are tend to be and it's one of those like era of like when was it made the aughts the 90s office space 99 it's like so much of its era you know Mm. that like it's just like a movie with a story that i don't know Uh yeah i'd realized i just had a nickism a ceasism but yeah it's just a it's very different than the movies we we seem to get today in terms of just i don't know what it was what it was doing i liked it it was good i enjoyed it it has it has i feel like there's a very like i don't know of its era thing where it starts off with this guy who like has this shitty girlfriend and she's all about hypnotherapy so he goes in to get (laughs) hypnotherapy and he gets hypnotized to like just forget all of his stress yeah and then the guy it's like oh it'll it'll end when i snap my fingers and then the the hypnotist dies while doing that so his stress (laughs) never comes back and they just kind of forget about that for the rest (laughs) that is the entire conceit of that's true that's very true i didn't know that part like i would have i did not remember that that's why he like snaps out of his office drone worries well, and it's like, then, you know, half an hour later, he's shouting at his friend, his new friend, Michael, that their yeah. scheme has gone bad. And it's like, my dude, you are clearly stressed out. <laughs> what about the conceit of this movie? I know. <laughs> I had that thought actively. It's like, he's not very, yeah, oh, well, I guess. <laughs> this isn't very cash money of him. Exactly. I I've, think I've heard, you know, people on the internet say that, like, we really need an office space for the modern like office environment you know like instead of you know it's the cube farm in the 90s like all fluorescent overhead lights like you know that very much 99 computers so instead you've got like the the scene with the you know with the fax machine right um except for it's just your printer and you're beating the shit out of it and then it cuts to your boss because you're working from home and then being like (laughs) no i'm not buying you a new printer (laughs) oh working for that would be good i was thinking like you do Maybe it's like we're ready for the retrospective a, a little while ago. So we do. It's like the open office thing, mm. which I mean, there's already some like open office, you know, elements like annoyance elements in office space. Like, you know, the one guy who was what's his name with the red staple, Milton or whatever, who's uh, mm-hmm. with the red staple, who's listening to the to the radio too loud. Uh, you've got like the one lady who picks up and answers the phone the same way, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. That's up to it. it would actually be a really boring movie because everybody would just have noise canceling headphones on and be like, oh, productive. Don't get me started on on open office. Okay. Now Libre Office. This is a joke. Yeah, that's it. where it's at. <laughs> now yeah. the Google Drive family of products. <laughs> Google Drive family of products. <laughs> and uh, green bean casserole. Saying Google Drive. It doesn't pop up. Good. Weird. Good job, Emma. Google. Google. She has Google, Google Home, Home and Google, Google photos. photos, but apparently not Google Drive. Yeah. Did you want to take it to to, to drinks time to drinky to poo? Drink, drinky poo. Okay. Drinky I mean, poo. if you want to make a, a... <laughs> uh huh, are you uh-huh. gonna make a version called Drinky Poo? No. Our our so tours Drinky easy. Poo. Oh, I'm Jesus not making it. I'm not making a new bumper for this episode. I'm not no. gonna do it. You're not. Probably not. 
Oh, no. I've gotten all my rage you out of the patch. Now I'm just uh, trying to be happy. Because when the new patch drops and I like it, I'll probably be angry all the time. I need, to be, I need something to be mad at. And now that I have the patch, of the angry at It's not like wise of me to set myself up with the listener, but I do have enough time with this edit. I could make a new bumper if I had to. <laughs> when, if duty calls. Mm-hmm. Well, Six, I'm, uh, I've, I've got stuff here. Uh, I decided to do, you know, a, a little bit of, of table side service for this podcast. So, uh, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to be making the cocktail cocktail today. So Ortiz can just, uh, you can just go have, Oh, it can, t- t- can, take a can rest easy. easy. I mean, it's, it's as Ortiz speakeasy is already sort of a reversal of the, the bartender patron relationship. I figured it was, it was apt. So, uh, I was like looking, I got some, uh, some bourbon the other day. Uh, this is a bourbon I, I quite enjoy. It's the Knob Creek. Uh, this is the, the nine year. Here, let me grab it. This is probably a bad idea. I will certainly spill some sort of thing on my, on my desk. Knob Creek. For nine years have I aged this bourbon. And now it graces your glass with all the smoothness of light from the moon across your windows. What is this? This is a new character. He's an elf. Can you tell? He's an elf. <laughs> Hold on. What what shows up? Elf bourbon. Elf bourbon. <laughs> okay. Well, we have ELF. We have twenty eight mile ELF ELF butterscotch bourbon whiskey. No, it might be actually butterscotch elf. bourbon. Sounds okay. It do- does it? Uh, maybe. Hands probably, down, the smoothest probably. shot at the bar. Perfect for after dinner or nightcap. It's thirty-three percent. Uh, they also have a cocktail recipe for the Jungle Elf. Oh, let's see. This it's is a, a this is video, an Illinois so distillery. This. It's on. It's in oh. Highwood. Where the fuck is a Highwood? Highwood, Illinois. I'm zooming out. It's right next to a big body of water. Uh, it's probably next to Lake Michigan, Great Lakes. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a no, near it's a, Chicago, it's North Chicago. Yeah, I didn't realize how close Milwaukee and Chicago are. Oh, I'm fucking stupid. I know about Highland Park, but wasn't able to connect the dots to Highland. God damn it! Highwood, Highwood. Sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah okay, never mind. Yes, this is a different. Okay, I didn't know about this. But all right, sure. Highwood. How long does it take to get to Milwaukee from Chicago? This looks like a what? not that long. Yeah. I would have. I feel like it takes huh. like an hour and a half because of traffic, but like, yeah, it's not bad. You know, I really didn't. When I look at Wisconsin here, it doesn't look like what I think of it as. Like, I think it is much more Midwest, but it's really not like at all. No, it's part of that, you know, Wisconsin, uh, Minnesota, Dakotas area mm-hmm. of like it, it is. It is. The culture is Midwestern enough, but I think. There are even some distinct tinges that region right. takes. Right, it's, it's you know? just so north. It, it, it starts to it starts to have a little bit of what you will associate with Canada culturally, yeah. I think, and not just by proximity. You know, it's just a factor of going north. Osmosis. If you Nick were to walk work, walk right. north a mile, right. it would be imperceptible, but you would get slightly more Canadian. It's the uh, the Canadian radiation belt, the Canadiation belt, as they call it. Oh man, you, I was like, man, Canadiation sounds good. You got there, <laughs> Canadiation station. That's my new um, Canadian ska band, if you'd like to join. 
What no. part, if we had to like be in a band, you had to be in a band with me, what part would you play? Like what instrument? Like a tambourine And I'm magically talented can? at it? Sure. Well, no, no. Just like <laughs> the, tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow. Like, um, I mean, a... trumpet, because I played trumpet when I was a kid. Oh, so. okay. I was going to say, like, give you, like, a trash can lid or something. <laughs> Just like... <laughs> Love to be treated with respect by my friends. <laughs> I wonder what that's like. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, I got some uh, some bourbon here, some Knob Creek, which is uh, a, a go-to for me. It's great. This uh, 100 proof, you know, very much barrel, barrel strength. The original Knob Creek Small Batch Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, nine aged, nine aged to nine years, crafted for quality and full flavor. In Claremont, Kentucky, similar to six in Claremont, Cla- Claremont. So uh, I also got. <laughs> uh, also, I've. Uh, I don't think I mentioned on the podcast. Maybe I did. I think I did. I got a bottle of Pims. The liqueur P I M M S, which is like a British thing, the famous mm-hmm. like Pims cup old old British cocktail thing, um, which I described very poorly last time. Now I have it. It's I assume you got it because gin. of the name association. Is that right? That's true. I finally got it because uh, Pims is the name of a thing I worked on at work for six years. And I put it, I allegedly may have the image of a bottle of Pims on the instrument. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. So it's very gin, but it's got like all these, it's dark. You can see from the, mm-hmm. the picture that I did not hit send on. I'm going to send it. Send it like Beckham. Actually, you barely can, but it's dark. It's got like a little bit of like the dark, dark orange citrus notes, not like a bright lemon. And so I, I Googled Pims and bourbon and what came up was a Pims and bourbon recipe. You'll, you're shocked. So I have gone through the effort of, oh, you know, I was supposed to put ice in here. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go get a thing of ice in a sec. But uh, I put a little bit of lemon juice, fresh lemon juice in here and some sugar. It's had time to dissolve because I don't fucking have simple syrup. I'm a mm. simple kind of man. Uh, and so I'm going to put equal parts bourbon and pims in here with some ice. And I got a little thing to stir, but no ice. So I'll be right back. You uh, do the thing you normally do. I want to point out, he, he did the reference to that song, you know, simple kind of man. The next line is something you love and understand. Love, you know, listen, we have all different relationships with people. I would say I love Nick in my own way understand is the real kicker here isn't it i don't know if any of us can claim that one i'm also still not clear on what the hell pims is let's figure this out pims it's a liqueur but like you know he said like gin based but like what an, a fruit cup i've returned all right i guess i get it do you get it yeah sure yeah okay uh, so I'm going to go ahead. I was confessing to the listener that I didn't really understand your explanation of PIMS and I looked it up. <laughs> I, what is it? I don't know how to fucking describe anything, but it, like they, what they say is that it is a, like a gin based fruit cup is what they call it, which means it is a long drink that is a, which is basically it is a mixed drink gin and like fruit and stuff it's pre-mixed it's 25 percent. so that i mean that checks out um it's <laughs> pim's number one spirit drink recipe remains a closely guarded secret 
Yeah, so I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm I'm bad at it. Like most like most uh description things. So let's go. Oh ahead. man. You know, I, I don't think I want to drink it, but their recipe for a gimlet using pims, a pimlet. Ooh. That's a, a good pimlet. name. So that's just like pins and lime juice and sugar? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I got a little bit of the pins in here, which honestly is, is very much similar in color to, to the bourbon. Let's go with this one that sinks six. We'll think that this noise is fake. It's so full. Okay, hold on. Hold on. It's so full. I haven't heard anything yet. Ooh. Okay, <laughs> no, that one, that one sounded real. Okay, okay. It was a little more bassy in a way that sounded real. Oh, that's true. Okay, so here we go. Let's equalize here. I'm not measuring, so hopefully this is a reasonable amount of alcohol and in equal parts. Then it completely spelled. So let me get the notes. Yeah, I've never just sniffed up the neck of this bottle. So first off, the Knob Creek like dips the head, the like neck of it in this black wax. So... I get a little bit of wax, but very dark vanilla with spice. I'm fucking. I'm describing the flavor of bourbon. Nobody wants to fucking hear me describe what <laughs> bourbon smells like. Uh, okay, so uh, we've got them in here now. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna start stirring. I've got some some ice in here. You know what would be insufferable? What if I find a uh, a soundboard clip? of just like a bar like cocktail shaker but i play it underneath the entire time we're in our speak or our speakies teasy that would be pretty obnoxious yeah all right looks pretty cold let's put it over here we'll get the glamour shot this is like a very uninteresting looking cocktail and i know like my ice is ugly you know but but same We should have you try uh, <clears throat> my old bourbon of choice back when I drank with not like regularity, but like mm -hmm. certainly more than now. What what was it? Uh, it was an Eagle Rare Ten Year. Eagle Rare Ten Year. Ten Year. Uh -huh. Ten Year. Eagle Rare Ten Year. Mm. It is uh it is a sub brand underneath Buffalo Trace. Oh, I I see. I know. I know. And it's interesting. Thing actually an interesting story because it was when i was working at a bar restaurant and the uh a restaurant the head yeah um i mean it was primarily a bar i see it's just we also served a decent amount of food and cooked it you know not just snacks um you could get a burger anyway um our like head manager was like a whiskey nut mm. to a degree that was mostly unproductive but it did mean that he like went to Buffalo Trace and like negotiated a special contract where we had Eagle Rare for like really affordable. <laughs> like you look up the price of a bottle mm -hmm. and we were selling it for like on, on Whiskey Wednesdays, it was like two bucks a shot. Oh damn. Which is crazy. Um for pretty good whiskey. Yeah. So we got I should uh... say bourbon, but you know. 45%. Composition is mash number one. Speculated to be 75% corn, 10% rye, 15% barley. Aged 10 years in virgin American white oak. Uh, let's... let's we, we got this review is so long. This whole... Okay, just look at this website. Like, the banner sure is, like, kind of vaguely modern. But if you keep scrolling, it looks like a Geocities 
website, Geocities. Geocities? Yeah, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> what is this picture? Hold on, is there uh, not a snipping tool, not StarCraft? Fuck, I can't type. <laughs> what, what is this picture? I'm liking this one. Let's see if we end up on the same one. I'm going to snip as well. Okay, no, we did not end up on the same one. <laughs> I ended up on this montage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can follow at the whiskey shelf on Instagram. Uh, let's see. The flavors could... Uh, Eagle Rare Tenure is pretty good. I'm like halfway down, and I don't understand how this paragraph is here. Uh, Eagle Rare Tenure is pretty good. It's well-balanced and has essentially everything you could want in a bourbon, but is a little rougher than I think it should be. The flavors could be even better, but they're held back and dulled a bit by the lower proof that doesn't allow it to showcase everything it has to offer. What? Eagle Rare Tenure is a step up from Wild Turkey 101 and Maker's Mark in flavor and complexity, but it's far from being a top-shelf bourbon. I, so yeah, we, I, uh, always... I, I, I think this person might be stupid. I'm not. Like, I am not a, a critic of this, of, of, of spirits, mm -hmm. but I have been around them thanks to jobs. And the take of, like, well, obviously this whiskey is... L like lower abv so you can't taste it <laughs> is a moron take yeah isn't the whole point like listen i've listened to lots of ralphie reviews on whiskey great like guy who lives on the isle of man and his brother does electronics teardowns uh on youtube it, uh, it's amazing I, oh that's right we've talked about ralphie anyways and he mm -hmm. my understanding from him is that above a certain abv you're i mean it's ethanol like your taste buds are not able to taste things right Right. Like, and so that's the reason that you add water to whiskeys in, from like a tasting perspective. You water it down to the point where it's at a dilution of the ethanol that you can actually taste things. And and higher ABV, like, you know, in being served, at, you know, a, a bottle that cask strength means that like they didn't water it down or like dilute it. Don't water it down. It's vaguely derogatory, which right. I think is just like a sign of quality. Like technically, like oh, you know, I don't know that it's a sign of quality, or like more expensive ones might be higher, like cask strength ABV. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I mean, but that's just like I mean, it's like buying soda syrup versus buying soda. Like you're if you're drinking, if you get at cask strength, that means you're getting more per ounce of like the stuff. But then you're just gonna water it down yourself, right? Presumably. Some people will not, but, you know. Let's see what the... So this is Alex from the Whiskey Shelf. Uh, the last thing he... God, fuck, sure, fucking log me into Instagram. Take forever logging me into Instagram. Save your login info. Not right now. I'm good. Good. Okay, Bonded Old Forester. This is from a day ago. <laughs> For my most recent birthday... My whiskey sensei whipped out an old bottle of Old Forester bottled in Bond bourbon and gifted it to me. It's not the 1897 bottled in Bond you can get on store shelves today, but one from decades past that's long gone from store shelves. Ironically, he found it in 2015 on a store shelf, probably tucked in the back. And you know what? We opened it and enjoyed it. Damn. And enjoyed it. 
He has That's so many right hashtags. There. Hashtag bourbon gram. Hashtag bourbon lover. Hashtag bourbon life. Hashtag review. Hashtag bourbon review. Hashtag whiskey review. Hashtag drinks. Hashtag drinking. Hashtag drink up. Hashtag drinks to gram. Hashtag whiskey. Hashtag uh, bourbon. Uh, hashtag drink bourbon. for Jesus. Hashtag old forester. Hashtag bottled and bond. And he has the, the, the Japanese ones there. That's what I was saying. Mm. Okay. So, uh, yep. Oh, okay. so I made this cocktail, so I'm gonna drink it now. Yeah, I was, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm smelling mm. it, and it smells, it smells like Pims, which is like the weird fruit gin cocktail thing. Okay. Ooh, my first impression is that that's good. So I, I added lemon juice and, and some sugar to this. Mm-hmm. So first off, it's very smooth. You get a lot of the fruit, the like orange flavor, orange with like some maraschino cherries. Um, the little, I think I put in a good amount of lemon juice, like the correct amount. It doesn't taste like lemon, but it's it's a little brighter. And I enjoy the sweetness. Like normally I don't, I don't know, I don't like sweet drinks. But if I am going to have one, I want it to, you know, be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess this isn't sweet. It's not cloyingly sweet, but it's definitely not like drinking bourbon. Um, yeah. If I didn't feel like just having the whiskey, I would, I would do this again. If you happen to have Pims, which I think is kind of a polarizing spirit, a lot of people don't like mm-hmm. it. I would, I mm-hmm. would recommend giving it a try with some some whiskey. Let's see the bourbon. Can I get the spice? No, well. I really can't taste the bourbon very much. I'm actually going to add a little more. I do have to caveat all this, I realized. With, um, so, for reasons, I was um, using Ellen, to, a liquid nitrogen at work today. Um, and then I was finished with the liquid nitrogen at work. But, I mean, once you take it out of the doer, you're not going to put it back in. Like we have Once these. you pop the party, don't stop, yeah. Exactly. We got this stainless steel, like, things that can roll around the giant. And it stays in there for a long time. But once you pour it out, it's gone. So occasionally, I mean, you gotta you gotta use the only two. So I got two bananas and a pack of Oreos, and you you dunk the things in the liquid nitrogen, and then you smash them. So I I highly recommend trying a a liquid nitrogen frozen Oreo. Um, the bananas are good and they're fun too. But the thing about this is, um, I found out one time with peanut M and M's is that you can get freezer burn basically from the uh, licking um, like a a flagpole effect, right? Like where your tongue sticks to a cold thing. A shard, a particularly large, very frozen shard of banana may have slightly freezer burned part of my tongue. It's like drinking something too hot, like really Mm -hmm. hot coffee, and you're like, shit, and then you like slightly burn your tongue. That's kind of what it feels like. So I may just not be able to taste you know, fully with whatever region of my tongue. Oh, so this is like when I had those, when I had those Cheetos. Exactly. It's like when you were sick and had Cheetos. Uh Uh-huh. Exactly. Which, by the way, I doubled back to those. Uh Uh-huh. They're okay. Yeah. What were, they were, what was the They were tangy, like, tangy something chilies or something. Let me pull it up. I think the bag is still here. Um, 
tangy chili fusion. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, they're supposed to taste like um, sweet Thai chili sauce on right, Cheetos. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and I think basically it has some like I don't know the actual ingredients. It has a, either the real thing or a convincing simulacrum of like a dried powdered version of the pepper they use in that, right? Mm-hmm. And then it, otherwise it's just Cheetos. And I feel like it's a little one note. Mm-hmm. Compared to regular Cheetos? I think, just... well, it's like, okay, it's like this, right? Imagine you have a slice of toast. Okay, I have a slice of toast. And you eat that slice of toast and you're like, okay, I mean, you know, this was fine. This, you know, tastes like toast, right? And then someone gives you a slice of toast with soy sauce on it. And you're like, technically you did add more flavor. Uh-huh. And yet it does taste like less. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Yeah, the, the soy sauce, I realize I shouldn't be doing, I I, I just mix my <laughs> cocktail more. Listen, with the the great and awful thing about bottle cards is just don't, don't be a good broadcaster. Um that makes sense. You know, it overpowers. I added some more whiskey to the drink. I might have made it worse. No, I just needed to mix it. There we go. You, you get a little bit of whiskey. But yes, I'll be I'll be enjoying this this, uh, this beverage as we go along. Excellent. Do you Excellent. have well, uh, Do you have anything? Can we get you anything at the bar? Six. I'm just sticking with water tonight. But thank you. Oh, that's good. Any I'm the interesting Potter? <laughs> There's some sort of Potter joke here. Uh, have you had any interesting teas recently? No, I haven't had any teas recently. I need to get back on that bandwagon. I've been, I've been slumming it, frankly. Slumming it. Maybe you've been coking it up. Soda and water, mostly. In it. Um, well, I've been drinking a fair bit of wild cherry Pepsi, but oh, there's also right. been some, some Coca-Cola. Why? Um, I remember you on the garden wager or something you were, you were drinking. Yeah, it's why, like. Why that? The WCP. I'd, so. I like Coke better than Pepsi. I feel like it has a more complex and enjoyable flavor, right? Right. But because of that, I like Wild Cherry Pepsi more than Cherry Coke because the cherry is just one more added layer of flavor. And I think it's it's not like it's too much. You're not overwhelmed. But I think the experience compared to Wild Cherry Pepsi is slightly muddled. It's still a good soda. I think I agree. I don't know when I haven't had any of these beverages recently. Uh, but I do remember, like, the bottled cherry Coke, I, I'm not, I mean, it's fine, but I don't particularly enjoy it versus just a regular Coke. Mm. Vanilla Coke, however, I think is a better Coke. As someone who doesn't have it regularly, I, I would go towards the vanilla if I'm, you know, at the at the store and I'm going for my Coca-Cola product. I'm a big vanilla Coke guy. I liked it a lot when I was younger. I think now I am not not as hot on vanilla Coke. Mm-hmm getting up in your years mm-hmm. do they they do a vanilla Pepsi? yeah they do va- vanilla pepsi is more like boutique though right boutique is not the correct word it's it's more rare <laughs> right <laughs> yes yes it's okay boutique. thank you, you for just letting that intake one of, you yeah. heard the intake of breath from me of like what what does one Thanks do for, here <laughs> you knew i just needed to process that. that's uh this is a weird reference, but it's a thing I think about a lot. So it is a video from uh, YouTube fighting game person Lythero, right? Sure. And he is fighting another person in Dragon Ball Fighters, and he has started doing this Vegeta kick move 
just over and yes. over and over. And so it's like three kicks and he switches sides and then three kicks and he switches sides and his opponent is just sitting there crouching and blocking. And after about five seconds of this, they say, what does one do? <laughs> <laughs> and I just think about that a lot. What does one do? Interesting. A uh, shout out to uh, on the Bottleco Discord where you can uh, chat with people such as Nipples and Smiles. Uh, they have a bottle of Nog Creek, but interestingly says, I think I've cooked with it more than drank it. I would. So cooking with bourbon is not a thing I've done. Cooking with whiskey? Sure. Exactly. Six responds with cooked or baked. I could see the advantage of baking with bourbon. I mean, like, you know, pecan pecan pie is a classic. I guess that's true. But I I don't think I've had pecan pie. I I mean, pecan pecan pie is is very good. You know, it's very southern. You got to add your bourbon. Uh, Marin drank. Marin gets her, her drink on. Yeah, so here we are. Why is my steam up? What's happened? Getting my steam up. Why is my steam up? <laughs> Which brings us to the Steam Library of Congress. From the Library of Congress okay, in stop. Washington, D.C. Stop the bumper. Wrong show. What is Steam Library of Congress? Q time. Oh. <laughs> I spelled Q. Wait, no, I didn't. You spelled the letter Q wrong. Where? Where is Q time? What? Is Q time called something else? I don't think so. Did I delete Q? Hold on. Okay. Soundboard files, BC segments, Q. Yeah, I just don't. Man. Life is hard for for soundboard management, you know. Yeah, no, it's just called Q time. Wait, no, it's here. Why did it not show up? Hold on, I'm typing again. Q, and it doesn't. Okay, not my fault this time. It just didn't show up for whatever reason when I searched. Oh, weird. What are these dogs doing sniffing at my feet? This steam. It's not heat. This heat. Give me steam. Give me steam. That's the song. That's how it goes. That's the lyrics. That's the song. That's the song. Six, what have you been playing video game-wise recently? We haven't talked about video games in a little bit. I have been playing a lot of Gundam Battle Operation 2. When is this new or no? I can't keep no, up with the Gundam. No, not even slightly. Okay. This is five years old? Is that right? Yes, it is. It is. Okay. I know it's got an anniversary going on right now. I just don't remember which one. And it's the fifth one. I was like, is that fifth one? Initial release one. date 2018. So... I might have talked about it on here before. I'll do the quick pitch and then get into, you know, the, what, why I've been, I don't know. The anniversary event is a Tell big part of why, why. But mm-hmm. so it is Sorry, a... Sorry, real quick. Um, I went to the Steam page to get more info while Six is talking. Uh, and I have recent reviews and all reviews as mostly negative with over 16,000 mm-hmm. reviews. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
Gundam Battle Operation 2 is a, like, 4 to 6 player, like, 4 to 4, 5 on 5 or 6 on Mm -hmm. 6 team battle where you are controlling the mobile suits, aka the mecha of the Gundam franchise, and uh, doing a battle. Compared to, for example, Gundam Evolution, it has a much greater emphasis on making sort of real mech combat and you know i know that's a you know asterisk on the term real there but like making it feel like it would in the show making these feel like big kind of clumsy but powerful machines right the the class fantasy Um, for the record the reason it is uh roasted on steam (laughs) is that this is a game that on a technical side is a fucking mess yeah, I'm um, seeing these reviews, and I'm everybody's like, this game is incredible when you get to play it. 10 out of 10 gameplay, essentially a fighting game with guns and plenty of depth. Main issue is that 90% of time, all caps, you are not playing the game. Yeah, um, this issue exists on console. It's not as bad, but it does have a lot of, like, netcode issues. Um, like, it is a client-side hosting where it picks someone to be the host. Oh, it also doesn't tell anyone who the host is. So sometimes you'll be in a match and then someone will rage quit and the game will just crash. Cause it's like, Oh, I guess they were the host. Well, and they don't have the ability. Wow. <laughs> uh, um, and there's a bunch it? of like latency issues and stuff. Yeah. It's just embarrassing. Um, on PC, you also have the added issue. This is not an issue on console just because it's a console, but apparently this game's really easy to hack. Oh, great. Um, so cheaters are doing things like this game will have events where it's like, hey, you can fight this like huge machine that, you know, like like end boss of an anime. Right. Mm-hmm. You can fight, you know, and and it's like you can join up with four friends and fight this thing together. Um, and people are just launching as those boss units <laughs> um, because Great, it's really easy to just hack this out. game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, everything you're describing and what I'm hearing, besides the fact that apparently it's gotcha, just sounds like a, like a, aughts, a two thousands like, shooter game, like a PC shooter yeah, game. There are a lot of things about this game that are like I think it it does not get a whole lot of resources. I think they do not get a lot of permission to change certain things, and I also frankly don't think the team that makes it is is all that talented. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid to say. I still think the game is really fun. No one else is making a game that plays like this. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, I have been working on... There's a guide on Scanline Media for this game that I wrote. Oh. Um, and I've been working on updating it. And it's kind of at the point where I'm trying to provide a bunch of like recommendations as to what to play and tell you how to play them. Getting like really <laughs> in-depth. And it's a lot of fucking work. Mm-hmm. Um. But it is causing me to think about the game a little differently in certain ways. From like and a beginner's perspective or trying to I mean, I guess honestly more like trying to not I don't wanna push anyone who reads this guide to play like me. Mm, I see, I see. I have my strengths and my weaknesses as a player of this game, and I am aware of them, and I consciously lean into them, right? Sure. I'm like, I am not that good at this game's melee combat. I can make it work, but it's it's hard. You know what I like doing? 
standing, you know, mm, a decent distance away and shooting you with a gun. That sounds all right to me. <laughs> um, and I'm picking recommendations for people. And I have to, for example, um, I had to recommend as part of, well, I don't had to, but you know, integrity, right? right? I recommended the Gundam Marine type. And I'll pull up the Gundam Marine type yes, here please. for Nick I'll, and and for you know everyone at home. I'll just post it in. The, oh yeah, plug uh, for the, the Discord, you know. the episode mm-hmm. notes channel. You can see all the strange whiskey shelf clips that we take. Anyway, so this is the Gundam Marine type. Oh, that's a that's like a color scheme. Yeah, like I mean, it's a it's a Gundam for use in the water, right? Yeah. Um, and this thing is such a little piece of it's a little bastard, <laughs> is what this fucking thing is. Um. Because it has like a special underwater beam rifle and a little beam pick and like uh like an an anchor thing it has like on like a cable it fires out this little grabby hand. So is there's um, water like underwater combat in this game? There are on a couple of maps. Mostly there is not. Okay. Most maps do not have any water. It doesn't matter because this thing is going to walk up to like close mid range. And shoot you with the beam gun, and then shoot you with the hand anchor, and then stab you with the beam pick. And through this whole sequence, you can't fucking move. <laughs> You're just getting comboed uh-huh. by this little blue bastard. And I don't appreciate it. And I don't play this thing. But I do have to tell people, <laughs> hey, new players, if you want to succeed, this thing's just really fucking good. <laughs> Is the balance generally good in this game? Or uh, like a- no, it's it's not atrocious Mm -hmm. it's not great um they have a sort of a rock paper scissors system Mm -hmm. um it's it's raids generals and supports you can think of it as as you know like rock raids paper generals scissors supports right sort of how it works Mm -hmm. um and ideally rock paper and scissors would all be equally good right that's how rock paper scissors works what if rock was just the best option and scissors was kind of <laughs> shitty? <laughs> I mean, you ha- you do have to balance the different matchups. You know, the rock v rock, the rock v paper, and the rock v v scissors. Okay, well, but... what if um, what if everyone had like a Dark Souls invincible invincible dodge roll except scissors? <laughs> hmm. Do you see a problem here? <laughs> do they get something instead? And dead. Thing is they get dead, killed, they get dead. Nicholas. Get fucked. <laughs> um i mean you my friend there is a like they are supposed to be generally there's the nice thing is they're not always so cleanly categorized in a way that can be fun Mm -hmm. but generally supports are sort of like the long range you know like covering fire and support fire shooting in from you know distance right right and so it makes sense they wouldn't have an easy get out of jail free card if you manage to close the distance the problem is raids aka rock are so strong right now that they just sprint at you and you shoot them <laughs> and they don't care and then they break you in half. Yeah. Um, it is not as bad as I'm making it sound as ever. I am being hyperbolic for the purposes of entertainment because I'm on a podcast, but it's not great. And it's well it's well known. This is not a controversial take. Mm-hmm. Pretty much everyone knows raids are the strongest right now. And what about Raid Shadow Legends? Um, well... If you want to see some ads for it, you can check out a variety of YouTube videos. Oh, excellent, excellent. Do you think... Wait, <laughs> I don't know. No. Do you th- okay, same. Interesting. When did you first write the the guide for GBO? Um, GBO2? I guess it was probably 
a month ago, maybe a month and a half. Oh, so this is like live updating very, very fast. I guess. Yeah, it was June 1st. So I guess it was now two months. Um, It's just like when I wrote it, it was long as hell, but it was still like there's a lot of. So the game has a system of cost, right? You'll say this is anywhere from a 100 to 700 cost match, though really 100, 150, 200 never happens. They just don't run those anymore, basically. What is that? Um, and that, that limits what like mobile suit you can pick, right? It is a rating generally of how powerful a machine is. And so imagine if you're playing, as an example, like Overwatch, but like there are how many is that like 12 sets of characters depending on the type of match you're like oh i'm playing a cost 350 hanzo isn't here (laughs) so it's like you have to provide recommendations for rock paper scissors for every single tier and it's what tricky why this is so complicated well, because you're dealing with the entire Gundam franchise, and mm-hmm. it's like, even if you want to fudge the numbers and be like, listen, for the sake of a game, all of these things can fight each other. Mm-hmm. If you have the Jim from Mobile Suit Gundam fight the Gundam Unicorn, even if you make their weapons do the same amount of damage, the Jim has a little sword and a tiny little pistol, and the Gundam Unicorn can like transform into a demon. That's just, it's not a <laughs> we fair are not match. The same. <laughs> uh i'm gonna send you here's here's uh the seku's phi is a good is a fun example of like this is this is the the original art this isn't the gbo2 art but like you can't have this thing fight a zaku no oh. <laughs> the zaku's gonna lose it doesn't look like Looks like he's got a lot of shit, you know. He's carrying. He a does. Lot of it's shit. space use only, but basically, it is like they took this heavily armored machine and then just strapped as many weapons to it as they mm-hmm. could. Um, it's actually sick. The the Zaku's fies. What fantastic. the hell is on its ass? If I may ask. Uh, those are boosters. Boosters. I see. So basically, they are they are propellant tanks, disposable propellant tanks with little verniers on the end. I see. It's adorable. We'll find you. We'll find your soul mobile. It's like a mate, but you know, I don't know. I'm just using words, (laughs) and I regret it. Bottle curry born. (laughs) I'm just using words. (laughs) I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, very interesting. I feel like (laughs) you know. I'm sorry to do this, but you you kind of did bring this up a while ago. You suggested it, and so I'm going to have to take your suggestion. It's time to take it for my life for I E E R. The invasion fleet stands ready. We await only your command, Hierarch. Wait, 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 wait. Zeratul. Templar! Arrest this traitor! No! We will hear him out. Get back, get back, get back, everyone get back, everyone get back now! Everyone get back, everyone get back, just get back! As much as you can. Dude, we no time! No time! No time! The storm buyback! Storm, go, go, go! Storm buyback! Go, go! Storm! Storm! Storm spirits! We have been through much together, Zeratul. But far too many have sacrificed. 
in the hopes that this moment would come to pass. Executor, commence the invasion! Oh, yes, I guess I did. Yeah, you did. we do have to do this. Yeah. So I've been, ever since, well, off and on, ever since we did the Battle Crow in StarCraft Two, which was Six's suggestion, I believe. Um, and for a short period of time, I thought Six liked StarCraft, which is essentially not the case. I'm, <laughs> you don't I, like most of the part of StarCraft. It's It's, you know, it's like, what if someone was like man i love street fighter and you're like oh we should play and you're like no 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 <laughs> i don't love that part of street fighter yeah um, i just like, I like to the throw single people. player campaigns <laughs> yeah. that's fun exactly exactly but for some reason i i had played starcraft before a, a little bit but for some reason i got hooked afterwards so off and on i've i've been playing quite a bit of starcraft i i followed uh a YouTuber pig, uh, one of the many apparently still StarCraft Two content creators. StarCraft Two is an old fucking game, but I mean, so is StarCraft One and Brood War is still incredibly popular in Korea. More I mean, the but. StarCraft Remastered is the newest StarCraft product at this point. I mean, that's supposed. Yeah, there is essentially and, nobody who works on the game at, at Blizzardo. Mm-hmm. And uh, how old is StarCraft Remastered, Nicholas? Without looking it up, uh, t- two years guess again uh four years guess again seven years six years you're close wow it's a six-year-old game the the remaster of starcraft one does it look like starcraft 2 is that how they updated it no it looks like it looks a lot like starcraft one um it is like that sprite based they do they're doing things like dynamic lighting and stuff and sort of trying to up res things but Mm. for the most part I've thought about it. It was trying... only two years after Heart of, uh, Legacy of the Void really? that they put that out. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, there is so much. I'm not, I I watch enough, like, StarCraft YouTube these days, you know, like, casts and, and different things from people that I am vaguely aware of what the pro scene is like. And the state of StarCraft II is, is kind of sad. Like, there's still a, a, a surprisingly large fan base and, like, audience and, and pro scene blizzard just this year essentially completely pulled the plug like they're not funding anything at all they were always like funding half of prize pools or like you know different things and starting this year they essentially don't give any money to starcraft 2 the the latest balance patch from a few months ago was put together by pro players like how ice frog you know used to or probably still does talk to to pro players about like balance or like you know things to do for the patch mm-hmm. the pro players came up with what to do for the patch and then like blizzard basically just pushed the numbers changes that and that's like what they're going to do going forward so that's the level of support which is like hmm i feel like there's a way to leverage this ip and stuff but yeah that's not what activision just did you know Big Daddy. Well, and it's also like Blizzard is in a weird place because every person who's led a project left. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think Um, the new hotness is going to be Stormgate for like StarCraft people because a bunch of the old Blizzard people left and made a company that's making Frost Giant? Is Frost Giant? Stormgate. 
I think that's what it's Stormgate called. Stormgate is a next-gen real-time strategy <laughs> game set in a new science fantasy universe. Yeah. Command mechs to defend the Earth or invade it as the Infernals. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to make a new RTS. It's Frost Giant, but I, I think they hired a bunch of, of Blizzard StarCraft people. I mean, listen, I like mechs. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, but... So I've been playing a lot. Either way, I've been, I've oh, been playing. Okay, quite a sorry. Bit. I have one more bit of of, oh, of note from this uh, Steam page. Okay, I was Give me Steam. I was like I don't I don't know if this is the RTS that I've been waiting for. You know, I used mm-hmm. to like them. Uh, like I liked Warcraft three. I did like Starcraft one. Right. Really. Okay. Um, but it says here, Stormgate is the RTS everyone's been waiting for. So it's like, oh, okay, Aston answered. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, everyone has just been waiting. I hate fee thinking for myself. Please tell me how I feel. <laughs> Same. Same. Yeah, so I followed a, a, a guide. Basically, it's a, apparently this is a common thing. A bronze to GM. This is like a ranked, you know, ladder. Bronze rank to, to grandmaster mm-hmm. rank. There's a few of these things where, like, there's these progressive builds. You know, a build order is basically like, you know, what order you build your infrastructure and units are, and stuff. Are you, are you going two bunker? Are you going four racks? Are you going five? For a four tool? gate all in. You know, are you doing a cannon rush? Are you doing a, an oracle uh-huh. opener? Uh, and so it's basically like learning a few different, you know, learning the game by doing these different builds as you progress up in skill level. Um, crop you know, top, bottom, bottom. Crop top, bottom, bottom. Exactly. Princess of the moon, bottom. Um, sign up for the 2023 beta playstormgate.com wishlist us on steam i guess that makes sense um and so for a while i was doing that and like it was very different to how i must have played it before and that it's very analytical and it's very goal oriented it's like how i can remember vaguely myself viewing dota 2 as like playing ranked and trying to get better at the game you remember when you were trying to get better at dota yeah can you believe you ever did that? I can't. Yeah, I can. When yeah? I, if I am playing a game regularly, I'm trying to get better. Interesting. I see. I, I yeah. I don't know. These days, like, I feel like I'm not playing Dota to get better, and it's it's been that way for a while. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm not either. But that's well, because I'm not playing it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I I was following these you know these guys. I still am. Um. I always basically have this Google Doc open that Pig made with you know the different builds as you go through. Uh, and I decide what build to do, more or less. Um, and it's been very joy- very analytical. Like, you know, after you win or lose a game, you always you hit, you know, watch replay, rewind. And you can immediately go back in the replay, just kind of like you can mm-hmm. in Dota. And you go and you look through, you look for what you did wrong. You look for, like, what assumptions you made about the opponent's moves, what the opponent was doing, see if you were correct. Um and then I took a mini break recently, and now I'm back full force, and I'm not being as analytical, which is making me into a little bit of a salty gamer sometimes. Mm. And I'm like, oh no, I don't feel good after playing this game. I need to, I need to watch more of the pig videos and like think about things more, because it's basically, it's so easy to like, man, I can, I can feel for people. It's basically mad cause bad. But, you know, you blame the opponent because, oh, they're fucking cheesing. Or, oh, they're doing such a stupid strategy or whatever. It's like, if, yeah, of course they are. But you were just bad. Like, so you didn't yeah. beat it. Like, you were stupider. And so, like, yeah. I like, if I was good at StarCraft, I think I would have fun. Mm-hmm. Right? But the thing is, 
there is approximately, depending on your math, 40 to 60% of the game that I actively hate. Right. <laughs> um, and so, like, if I were to watch a replay, I mean, i sure there'd be a lot of other things that got me killed. But the main thing every time is, yeah, they had a better economy than me because I fucking hate dealing with the economy. Yeah, you, <laughs> is it true? You essentially only like the micro, as people say. You like fighting with yeah, units. Yeah. If you were to give me, like, a StarCraft mode where you start out with a set number of units and maybe you get new ones automatically Wait, at certain actually, times, okay. but you had no effect over that, I would play that and have a great time. We should play Archon mode. Do you know what Archon mode is? Are, do you play as an Archon? No. So and shoot the bolts of lightning out of your hands. <laughs> that's it, it's a pro, The Archon is a Protoss unit that's big and glowy and does splash damage. Uh, Archon mode, you know how there's like 1v1, 2v2, 3v3, like modes uh -huh. where, you know, three players versus three players. There is also Archon mode where multiple people can play the same units. Oh, it's StarCraft 64. Uh, sure. I don't know what that is, but. Uh, that was the Nintendo 64 port oh. of StarCraft what? where you could have two people controlling the same faction. Interesting. I think I have StarCraft 64. How it's rare. How the does that work? It's just split screen and you're just like, yeah, both of you can, can... I don't... I think it like units, for example, will just follow whatever the last command was. So you could like have courier fights basically if you want, if you were, you know, huh. not cooperating with each other. Interesting. But, yeah. May have to look into this. Okay. Yeah, but Archon mode is basically... So like I could do all the macro and then just be like, six, take all the units. And then you huh. would you would fight the enemy. That could be fun. It could actually be fun. So like, yeah, uh, it's like being an expediter in a restaurant. <laughs> exactly. You can like. There's been a few. So Harstem is another pro player slash create content creator who's who's done something. I think he held a tournament recently. Or he's playing against a, a different creator, uh, playing basically as commander or like he's playing Archon mode with three other people. And he's in it, but he's only allowed to give orders. He's not allowed to make moves. Um, and it's huh. it's very interesting. And I mean, there's yeah, that, so that much. Cool. It surprises me how this is going to be an insane statement. It surprises me how <laughs> bad StarCraft pro players are. It's I it, mean, like there's they're so human. Yeah, I mean they have 500 APM, but and sorry, basically completely unrelated. I watched um, set like across time uh, several matchups between uh, the like pro player legends Boxer and Yellow. Right? Okay. It was it's it's basically the StarCraft El Clasico. Mm -hmm. Right? Two like great Korean players at the at the time of their peak, the best Zerg player and the best Terran player, oh, okay. and they just had an intense rivalry that they played over and over. And so I watched a couple of sets from them back in the day. Including like the first one of the I think actually the first StarCraft match ever put on TV oh, shit. in Korea. Wow. And then also matches from the launch of the StarCraft remaster where they got these two people now that they're in their like 40s to come back and play <laughs> some more. And it's fascinating. Like, I think the, the biggest I've played, I watched other things, but the like the back to back was really fascinating because I watched a couple of sets between them. Then I watched, yeah, that first game ever televised. But it was being cast, like recast by modern English casters. Oh. 
and they were just being like, why are you, why would you, what, what, what? <laughs> like all the time. Like by then they were like, you have to build a devourer. Please God build a devourer. <laughs> Did not build a devourer. No devourers the entire time from Zerg. Um, and then the remaster matchup was the next one I watched. And it was like, they are fucking different. They, this guy is playing yeah. so well. And it's wild to see, like, I mean, presumably this is them like aged and weak now. Right. But it's like <laughs> the meta changed so much. The knowledge changed so much. And also is really funny because these are two people who are now professional poker players because their hands can't keep up anymore. Right. I feel like that's a common thing. Yeah. But the end game you, like as they were like the GG was about to be called, they were chatting, and one was like, "It seems like you practice for this a lot more than I did," <laughs> <laughs> which I can I can absolutely see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, but like they're so, man. Like you see, like the first the, you see the shots of these people playing. Mm-hmm. It's like you know on the stages in Korea, and their hands are their their left hand is absolutely doing a dance on the keyboard, just like fully spread. Like I. I very efficiently have my hotkeys set up. So, like, I have five. If I double tap five, five is all my nexus, my nexi, which is where you, like, train your workers that gather resources. The thing you need to remember, or or just know if you didn't remember, if it's not a case of remembering for you folks, is that Nick is absolutely a custom hotkeys, like, pervert. Oh, for sure. We probably, we, you know, we dealt that's, with that's why That's why Nick loves that soundboard clip so much. Exactly. It's so close to home. Um... Do you feel comfortable pressing them on your keyboard? For my items, I have P, N, minus, exclamation point, and the dollar symbol. How do you hit P? Just take my hand off the mouse a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, it's relatively standard. And I actually, you're you're not going to be proud of me, but there's, what is it? I think it's called the core and the grid or something. There's these custom... There's Those these... are different things from Tron, or <laughs> yeah, exactly. You jack into the core, brother. Um, Ew, gross. I don't need to hear about this. Yeah, I know. You're <laughs> jacking in. Sorry. Uh, where like StarCraft Two is very much legacy Dota Two hotkeys, where there's mm-hmm. it's not Q W E R for like every hero. You know, it's it's. I don't know any it's, any. It's very people. often like just the first letter of the action, right? right. So and like then like if there are if there's overlap, if there's like if there if there are hotkeys of like activate and then awaken, the first one is A, the second one is W because A is already <laughs> taken, right? Yeah, yeah. So like to train a worker is a very fundamental thing in StarCraft because that base that's a thing that gathers money for you is a different hotkey for all races, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> like, for Protoss, by the way, it's probe. A probe is the worker. So it's E. E me, dude. Uh, e for probe. For yes, probe. of course. <laughs> yeah. I think it's... Oh, I don't play any of the other races. I think it's S I for think SCV. I think it's C, actually. C but for I could SCV, be wrong. Maybe, yeah. Because... I like I like Terran, so I if I'm trying to win, I play Protoss because I have the one strategy, but <laughs> and I still lose usually. I did beat Nick one time on exactly Battle the first time. Uh, I was like, oh <laughs> shit, six knows a like all in build. Fuck, I'm dead. Um, but Terran is the one that I actually find like f- mechanically fun. Fun, I, I, I can anyway. Yeah, 
And then dr drones, drones are the Zerg ones? But so you also have to select larva because they're... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Zerg has a mechanic where you only train units from, like, the babies that your hatcheries Well, you don't have out. to. You can do it from the hatchery. But if I recall correctly, if you do it from the hatchery, it uses all of them. If you're like, I want to create one Zergling, no. Every available little guy is going to become a Zergling. I don't think that's the case in two. Maybe, Maybe it it's not in two. Yeah, I've, I've, from, it's from I think people. it's. I'm pretty sure that's the case in the original. That's crazy. Uh, two. I didn't play basically any Zerg because I don't like Zerg. Right. Yeah. I don't think I do either. But I. So you have to hit S to select larva. But S is also the stop key. Like I watched. A, <laughs> I watched a replay just the other day, uh, 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 a cast where, like this thing happened and the, the pro that I think it was Harshnam or something explained it. Like oh, this guy basically he had selected all of his drones because that's a thing that like pro players just spam their mouse and keys for APM, you know, to, just to get their hands fast. But hit mm -hmm. S to select all larvae to train an, a new worker, but had their drone selected. So their entire mineral line of, of workers stopped for a second. And they're like, oh yeah, this is a thing that happens occasionally. I was like, what? S for select larvae? Long story short, there's these two other common systems that people have developed that standardize like what button you press to train a worker. And it's based on like the location of the button in like the grid in the bottom right. The very long walk to get there, but yeah, but I Make, but I don't do that. I don't do that. I've just decided not to. So okay, yeah, I've I've been restrained. My, my I have camera hotkeys that I feel like I should set up in Dota, which is the, mm -hmm. the F keys. So shift and you know a fun a function key. <clears throat> assigns a camera location on the map that if I hit the function key again, just snaps to it, which is very useful. Five is my nexus. Two is my main army group. Three is my warp prism. Four is my, my casters, so my, my high Templar if I have storm or disruptors. Uh, and then one is like a, a scouting group or like a secondary army. Six is my my secondary training facilities like the robotics bay the stargate etc seven is all the upgrade places like the forge robo bay or whatever sure sure yeah. well at that point you're having to take your key your fingers off you can't keep it on exactly. the home like that's the thing was. so like seven is really a stretch but i barely uh -huh. use it ah that's so. fair i mean it is just upgrades you only have to do it every now and but then. if you see these pro players they have like their entire hand stretched out so they're going from like control the left control to p just here, let, let me go into the Google Doc uh, so I don't... My hands won't do that. I'm trying. I can get to Control-K. That's the best I got. My, is my mouse gone? My mouse is not responding. Okay, let me power cycle my mouse. But, yeah, it's it's incredible. Like, I can do Control-P, but, like, man, the RSI that I'm going to get. Like, Do you have a special keyboard? No. You Your hands just hands. stretch more We've than met. I do. I think my... my the angle that I can get from pinky to thumb might be bigger. I gotta take it's this like picture just a second on my phone. Yeah, hold on. We could have different size keyboards. Like, vaguely. Because the, the tolerances, would the, the separation would add up. Like, this is a barely type deal. You're getting my Linus Tech Tips mouse pad from... The meme mouse pad from, from my friend. So, I'm doing this, and this is physically uncomfortable. But that's the best I can do. Oh, with your thumb? 
Okay. Well, oh, yeah, of course. I'm sure. Okay. okay no. I was trying to do <laughs> index, and I was like, this feels what bad, the Nick. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> that looks like an alien trying to use <laughs> How? Use meat and move both. Okay, yeah. Control P also feels bad, but I can do that. Yeah, yeah you're right. you, you could if you had to, but they're just like going across the keyboard. Like, man, they must have amazing, you know, they must be amazing pianists. Though also, I do think your keyboard is more compact than mine. It it Looking looks like it. that. Like the space between the keys is... It's so hard to tell, but I feel like I agree. Knowing that the, the cheap Dell keyboard you use, like such a standard keyboard... It's a Logitech, thank you. It's, okay. it, was, it was $8. I, I bet it's sourced from the same place that Dell makes their, their, <laughs> Probably. their, their rubber dome keyboard. <laughs> it's the rounded keys. It's the keys that made me say it's like one of those Dells. Mm-hmm. That, you know, I like have at work and stuff. Uh, so... Nick, I have to show you. I have to show you something. Okay. So first off, here is this image, and I need your initial reaction to it. Okay. It's cartoon Starcraft. Wait. Mm-hmm. I feel like this I've heard is of a this. real official product. Oh, okay. This is what? actual Starcraft. What? Uh, here is Starcraft cartooned. This is a $10 DLC for StarCraft Remastered that changes the look entirely <laughs> to this cartoon. This is $10 fucking do- A fresh look for a classic. A complete reimagining. Full online compatibility. My god, the... Uh, what, what the fuck did League of Legends always say? The design language here is so clean compared to StarCraft. Like, you... Here, can I just get a... Well, hold on. Star. Let me see if this GIF works right. Yep. One. There's uh, Kerrigan's portrait. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Here. Th- this is fine. It's the first result, but it's fine. I like StarCraft is very dark, right? Like it's kind of uh-huh. very realistic in a way, like with its color palette. This is StarCraft One, but Two is very similar in the same way. And yeah, okay. I mean, I know all the pro players turned down their graphics all the way to try to approach something like this, maybe. But man, that's so clear. But like, look at this screenshot and imagine what it would look like in the native art style. This is a screenshot of a Protoss base with a bunch of Scourge flying over it in an attack formation. Oh. An Overlord coming up from the bottom. Of the, or no, that's a, that's a science vessel coming from the bottom of the screen. And you can just see everything. You can just tell at a glance, what is happening in this screenshot, which would not be true (laughs) (laughs) in the normal art style. This is not competitively fair. This is the glance value. Like, this this is a $10 glance value mod, as they say. Here's here's another shot that, like, it it is astonishing how readable this is. Oh, my God. You can tell what every unit is. I mean, I don't know StarCraft 1 units, but you they're so separable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, like, the colors are so, like, nothing blends into the background at all. They're very, like... I guess the supply depots kind of stand out a lot and could be distracting. Like, everything kind of has the same visual sure. priority, which... Yeah, that's fair. ...is a different thing, but I feel like... Yeah, being able to differentiate your units from the background. All the units... All the non the the background takes it has such a low priority, I guess. Whereas in mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the base games, it really does. Yeah, not. I I guess to your point, here is another shot where they have the wall, 
and the wall is like rendered in a way that is kind of distracting because it has so much uh, okay yeah priority yeah that is a little weird there's so many <laughs> so many so much detail what the hell are those this is really interesting little dot are those marines uh, I can only imagine. Yeah, I think those are Marines. Or Zerg- I feel like they're Zerglings because they're blue, and I feel like those floating balloons must be overlords. Oh, maybe you're right. And the red things are Stalker. Wait, no, there's no Stalker. Dra- is Dragoon the Stalker? Dragoons, they're Dragoons. Yeah. yeah, and those are Templars in the middle there. Yeah, and also you can see Creep here. Yeah, they, those do have to be Zerglings, you're right. Oh, is that brown stuff Creep? No, the purple at the oh, very the top. Up top. Oh, okay, you're right. Oh, God, it's kind of nasty. I mean, creep always looks nasty. It does. It really looks nasty. I know all the pro players turn their settings down, but I have them up, and man, everything looks beautiful, but Zerg is just disgusting. My, my Hado Dogu, you know, my friend Dallas plays Zerg, and whenever I, like, click on the things and replay or, like, try it myself, I'm like, oh, God, all these disgusting sounds. Like, the drones mm-hmm. are like... <laughs> And then Perry is like, my food needs food. I'm a disgust. I'm a little bug. (laughs) (laughs) The sounds are so, like, meaty, you know? There's so much meat to the sounds. It's just kind of disturbing. (laughs) Kerrigan is the original. Rainer, would you love me if I just turned into a little bug? What? What Uh, Do you not know? (laughs) No. Okay, it's it's okay. Let's see. <clears throat> Let me get it right. Right. Would you still love me if I was a worm? <laughs> is this from Dune? <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking no, about? No, this is just this is just a meme. <laughs> from where? Just the internet. I mean, here I'll get you the know your meme page on it. <laughs> Please, here. I need to know my meme. <laughs> Would you still love me if I was a worm? Is a cliche question. Girlfriends ask their boyfriends to gauge how much they really love them outside of their okay. physicality. This is one of those classic examples of know your meme. It's like, it's no, it's not. It is a joke about cliche questions. It is not like a common real question, you idiots. <laughs> what is a snow clone? Apparently, this is the type of meme that it is. It's snow clone meme. Snow clones are a type of phrasal template in which certain words may be replaced with another to produce new variations with altered meanings, similar to the the fill-in-the-blank game of Mad Libs. Yeah, it's always been a sort of a stupid, like, I I sigh because it's like, I I have trouble giving a proper definition to it, partially Mm because I think it's just a dumb thing to have a term for. It's like, oh, it's a joke where you can change some of the words and it's still a good joke. Like, that's not a... That's not a thing. It's just that just happens. That's just how jokes are sometimes. You're having you don't need trouble a special with that? proper noun. I just think it's dumb to have a whole proper noun for the idea of like of no, check it out. I yeah, I like I I made a joke about yeah, would you still love me if I was a worm? But it's still funny if I said slime instead. It's like that's not a special <laughs> thing. That's just that's just how languages. That's just how languages. And this is something you have trouble with? I just find it an annoying so that people categorize it like this I unnecessarily. See. I see. But it troubles you. You're trying to do some sort of transition, I guess. So sure. <laughs> Damn it. Why is this like this? 
cut this out. You're not going to cut this out. No way. Absolutely not. No chance. One old string of time, a month or two ago, I was adding spice, you got me aloe, you ground meat, you ground meat, you ground meat, I guess you cooked it rare, and I guess I liked that, and when I grabbed a knife, you took the meal back, without meat, without meat, without meat, why am I here, just to suffer? And it paired with prawns. Where's my next meat? And I realized the flame's not on meat. Because I knew it was tender when it rested. So flame me now, filet mignon or rump roast, it's all the same. Once you cook it soundly, I knew it was tender and you browned it. So flame me now, porterhouse or strip loin, it's all the same. Now I'm buying one more quarter pound. Ah! Ah! Tender, tender, tender. Ah! Ah! Tender, tender, tender. No more marinades, he'll never pan fry. Does roast that it's not served on rye. You're browning, you're browning, you're browning. But I don't know why they call it oven when you of in a cold food out of hot eat, hot eat, hot eat, eat the food. And it paired with prawns when I feasted on meat. And I realize the flame's not on meat. Cause I knew it was tender when it rested. So flame me now a T-bone or tartare, it's all the same. Once you cook it soundly, I knew it was tender and you browned it. So flame me now porterhouse or strip loin, it's all the same. Now I'm buying two more quarter pounds. Uh, uh, tender, tender, tender. Uh, uh, tender, tender, tender. And the heart is seared. Brings my yard in. But I never add salt. Or herbs. Or any spice. Or anything. Pepper! I knew it was tender when it rested. So flame me now, filet mignon or rump roast, it's all the same. Once you cook it soundly, I knew it was tender when you praised it. So flame me now, porterhouse or strip loin, it's all the same to me. Now I'm crying into my cheesy gordita crunch. Crunch! Crunch! Tender, tender, tender. Unch, unch. Tender, tender, tender. I knew it was tender when it rested. Tender, tender. From a craft perspective, this is I one knew of the worst it was on the show. <laughs> tender, tender, tender. In your defense, this must have been improv, or else I have to believe you would have used the proper version. <laughs> Six has just posted t- Trouble Admiral. Wait, 
This is very short. Just give it a listen. I'll play I it. feel like I do know this, actually. Uh, those lyrics were a crime, <laughs> my guy. That was a disaster. I mean, you know, listen, sometimes we all get broke as aphasia, I guess, but Jesus Christ. Like, by the time you were just in nonstop chorus territory, of course, it had a coherent narrative. But starting out, it was like line to line, and sometimes, often within lines, the words had nothing to do with each other. This just came to me at work today, and I I, I pounded it out, you know. Uh, uh, like having a stroke. Uh. <laughs> grow you born. Using words. Like having a stroke. Man, that really makes me kind of hungry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a jack snack. We do not rule. We do not rule. It's probably better that that happened after I had my my pims and bourbon. So six, as I was at you know the grocery store, the the Hades Titer the other day. I, w- I got so excited. I, w- I was elated. I, I was snow too elationed. Uh, there's a new flavor of M&Ms for me to try. I found M&Ms Campfire S'mores. Oh. Posted some pictures. This will suck. Will it? I feel like I have high hopes. I believe you. It doesn't change my input. <laughs> it's been so long. I've, I'm always on the lookout for new M&Ms. You know me. Be- because of our stupid podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's go ahead. I've got a large a large bag here. They're already putting out... I mean, you you work in, in the industry. They're already putting out, you know, Halloween candy. So this is probably part of that. Um, well, this is clearly like fall. This is autumnal in nature. That's true. Also, that's true. also s'mores are a very much a summer thing, I think. I just said a tumble because of the hat he's wearing. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. I mean, we've had a big feature because you know it's like a camping thing. Summer uh, that's true. outside. I don't know. I feel like fall. I would prefer to have bonfires in fall. I should have a bonfire. I should have a bonfire. Just let that one stick here. So I, I I took a picture of these. They are of course you know white, brown, and and uh, and orange. Very autumnal. I was going to say s'mores colors. These are not s'mores colors. These are like campfire autumnal leaf colors. Yeah. Um, oh, I can actually already smell them. Hold on. Let me. Yeah. Even just smelling the bag, I get the like the marshmallow. I get the marshmallow flavor. So I'm going to go ahead. Uh, I'll pop one of each color in. I, I'm sure they don't have different flavors, but here we go. Okay, so first impressions. Not a lot of chocolate here compared to an M&M, which I suppose 
makes sense, right? They have to make a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a very roasted marshmallow flavor. Um, artificial oh, roasted marshmallow, of course. Um, maybe a bit. Of, oh, you know what? Part of that is it's the graham cracker. It's the graham cracker mm. flavor, whatever that is, like with the cinnamon and and graham. You know. Let, let me see if I can bite into one and see what's inside. I'm just like halfway. Nick, I'm gonna need you to put this on a metal skewer and hold it over a burner. Do you want me to go do it like right now? <laughs> no, I could. I, I mean, mean you're just gonna be cleaning up melted chocolate on on the pod. That would not be great content. So it has. I've I've uh, I've vivisected one of these because it's of course still alive. Um, and it does indeed have a layer of something underneath the camel the uh, candy shell. I believe that's the white chocolate they mention. Oh, wait, they it is a popular it is, I think, a popular move of late, at least in these candies oh. to do a white chocolate that is like marshmallow flavored, because, of course, it's not really white chocolate. Of course. Yeah, because U.S. definitions for these things are, are very loose. And so you can get away with a lot. So. Yeah, now having seen the inside. Eating this. I definitely am inspired. Like, I, I get the feeling of a fire, you know? Like a campfire. It's mm-hmm. the, the like, Flames sweet, the roasty flavor. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, now, one one more bite to see if it's good. Think about whether this is good. Hmm. They are larger than normal M&M's. Not quite peanut M&M. They don't have to contain a peanut. So now having eaten, I would say like probably 10, quantity 10 of the M&M's. The white chocolate is starting to get to me in the way that, at least for me, white chocolate does. If you have kind of more more than just a bite of it in which like you really feel like you're eating white chocolate in a somewhat negative way. But that that being said, the flavor hasn't really changed much, which is good, I think. Um, okay. It is, um, I want to say it's sweeter than a regular M&M, but it's really just the the white chocolate feeling, because white chocolate to me always feels sweet, like cloyingly sweet. The roller coaster of these M&M ones is everything you say never gives away whether this thing is good or bad until you give your assessment at the end. I think, I think they're, I think they're good. Here, I'll have, I'll throw four in my fucking face at once. I do like the texture. Hmm. Um. You know? It's really quite a subdued campfire flavor, but it's very... It's very much there. It doesn't taste like an M&M. But it's still pretty subdued. It's like kind of caramel-y. I'm, I, I'd say these are good. I'd recommend trying them. Like, it's a very different product than, like, an M&M or a peanut M&M. I'd, okay. I'd say these are good. Yeah. I will definitely enjoy these later. And so those are Campfire S'mores M&Ms. Find well, I'm glad this one turned company. out. 
Yeah. Feels like a real a real crapshoot with these. Onions. I don't remember what the last one I had was. Maybe the caramel cold brew ones that were really just subpar. I also feel like, I don't know, I am resistant to doing the M&M tastings, and this is probably dumb, right? But, like, it feels like M&M is kind of like the Disney of candies. <laughs> you know, like, I, I do get that. Like everything that we'll have, like working in a retail store, mm-hmm. candy will go on sale, but M&Ms will not. You'll have candy go on clearance. Really? Like it's like, oh, seasonal candy. All the Halloween stuff is going on sale, except the M&Ms. The M&Ms don't go on sale. Very. In- and it, Does that affect sales or do they still just sell the same amount as everybody else? They don't sell as like, I think part of their logic is like, okay, we're not going to be part of the big like post, like, for example, post Halloween, like buying craze of like right. clearance candy. But like, if you go to the store and it's November and all they have <laughs> is Halloween M&Ms, they're still just M&Ms. You'll buy them. Right. So huh. I think that's their logic. It's very stalwart of, of the Mars company. It's it arrogant. That's also true. <laughs> huh. Can you take it to Jackie's Chow for me? I was just about to say. It also gives me time to eat some of them. Very important. So I have never cooked with yeast before. I've never made any breads or anything. Really? Okay. Um, And I was like, I need to break that seal, right? Of course. And so I want to start with something simple and straightforward. And I didn't do that. I made a Chicago-style deep dish pizza. (laughs) This tracks. Holy shit. So So, Six is posting a lot of... A lot yeah. of good pictures. That's that's all the images. Uh, basically, uh, I found a recipe that I trusted that looked good. One of the things that surprised me, I don't know if it's true of all of of all deep dish pizza of all Chicago style, the dough is laminated. Real? I, okay, so I feel like I saw something about this in our friendly Discord. Yeah, uh, my but... my older sister is in this Discord, and she is quite the cook and 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 baker, and she was also surprised. Wait, so by it's this. like it's puff pastry. It's the the laminated borderline. Like, what? It's only lam- laminated like once. It doesn't. You don't have that many oh. layers of it. Um, for anyone who doesn't know what lamination is, basically, when you lamination is when you roll out the dough and then you put butter in it and <laughs> fold it into the dough so that when it cooks, the butter is sort of trapped in there and makes it like have layers, layers. and be kind of like uh, fluffy and like an and onion, flaky, very shreddy. Yeah. Um. I wanted to do a classic Chicago style, which of course means sausage. Um, to this end, I actually got a sweet Italian chicken sausage because I'm still trying to avoid pork mm. when I can. Um, I do think it was slightly inferior for that. It's still a spoil. The end product was quite good. I am I am happy with how it really turned good. out. Um, but I do think pork sausage probably would have been a little tastier, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Um Made our own sauce from scratch, sauteed the, the t- actually bought like Italian sausage, like sweet Italian sausage, and then just took a knife and cut a slit in the uh, casing and yeah. dumped out the loose sausage into a pan. Smart. Um, 
the dough, once it was ready, you put it up on the sides of the pan, and then you layer it with slices of mozzarella cheese. That's what that is. Uh-huh. And then sausage on top of that, and then sauce on top of that, and then a very top layer of Parmesan. This is a fucking pie. That's a fucking pizza. Yeah. Pizza pie. Now, ch- changes for next time. One. The last photo, you can see there is definitely some liquid in there. I think I should have cooked the sauce a little longer just to get rid of some of the remaining just straight liquid, right? Okay, there wasn't a lot of it, but still. Um, two, I might laminate the dough a little more just to make it a little more stand out. Also, I want to season the dough a little more. I don't think the dough was like it was it was the dough was solid. It cooked. It was like properly cooked, mm-hmm. wasn't overcooked, mm-hmm. but it was kind of to a certain degree there in a way where it could have had a more assertive flavor. Do you pre-cook um, this? What do they call blind no. bake? No. no. Okay. Just just dump it all in I there. 25 would, minutes. I would not have guessed that it's laminated. It's not just like yeah. a yeast bread dough. Huh. I mean, it sounds, you know, better for it like cool, nice and like flaky-ish, but Mhm. Yeah. Damn. I might also season the sauce a little more. Um I this time I because I've never made uh dough <laughs> Or 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 like a pizza <laughs> Emma, sauce yeah. or a pizza before <laughs> I was pretty loyal to the recipe. Mm-hmm. Um, I will take some liberties next time, but yeah, quite happy with the end result. Wow. Uh, you can see actually in the uh, onion mix there. Um, this is the base for the tomato sauce. Um, a lot of green in there. I I got my other herbs and then I stepped outside and just tore a sprig off a rosemary bush. <laughs> you just which fucked is always up a bush. Fun. Yeah. The thing about rosemary, I, I, know, I know I've said this before, but like, if you live in the right area, rosemary is a fucking weed. That shit just grows and grows really? and grows. It's mint-like it's, in that way. Yeah, like, we have, like, hedges of rosemary around here. That shit just keeps growing. Interesting. Did not know this. Um, so, so, learned so it will never notice me snapping off that sprig. I would have to snap off so many right. to keep up with the rate it's growing. Huh. But yeah, man. Hey, turns out dough is a thing you can just do. It's not this like final boss of food. <laughs> you can just do it. Yeah, it was years and years ago in college that I I did the uh, the no need dough, where like I had my first foray into dough. And there's this one recipe online. It's like there's I, I guess there's probably many, but of course, being a nerd, I went down the nerd path and um, found like a website. Learn this was like really my indoctrination into baking or weight. Measuring ingredients by weight, basically, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. for this, you know, for bread, for dough, like it's very simple. You've got some flour, some water, and occasionally some other shit. So you better like have the right amount if you want it to be repeatable. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I started, you know, measuring things by weight, and then I realized, wait, you don't even have to knead the dough, really. And then I made this delicious homemade bread, and I was like, oh my god, homemade bread! I'm a god. And like, you know, all of my ancestors just like rolled over in their graves a little bit. Um, yeah, there great. is. I think there was definitely some ancestor rolling, I think, on, on my case as well, where I'm like, D- you know, dough is so easy with my $300 <laughs> stand. <mixer." laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Stand mixers, though. They are sick. Yeah. We're, we should have set, I mean, we could literally do it this time. Should we set some more homework for next time, like we did with the 7-Up disaster? Should we come back with the next episode? Okay, but we me? should make it more doable than last time. <laughs> yeah. 
the amount the combination of like ingredients we didn't have on hand plus required like creativity yeah. meant it took us weeks to do it it really did and it's also permanently scarred like my like my your relationship <laughs> my ha- we, i went over to my girlfriend's place and had salmon for dinner uh just t- today and uh during dinner she's like so next thing uh sprite and she had like a, a little mini can of sprites she's like so next thing uh sprite poached salmon and i'm like oh no what have i done you created a demon but honestly so sprite poached salmon real quick would probably be good right like it's i don't think i would sweet. want sweet salmon teriyaki is like a very sweet sauce but it does have a lot of darker but, elements that balance and it. also the thing about teriyaki salmon is it kind of overpowers the salmon that is very true that's a good question and yeah anyway should we should we do a dough thing you want to do a dough dough a deer a female a dough deer? a deer ray a drop of golden meat how about okay any your choice make a loaf of bread bread okay sounds good a loaf and of we'll bread. just come back and we'll you know talk about how it went and what we chose and you know homework bread i'm excited it's been a while since i made bread but like i was doing it for a while in college because it was a lot of fun and i mean it's true like the smell of fresh breaks never mind <laughs> the, the smell of fresh baked bread is actually incredible it's like they say and like homemade bread is really something it also goes bad in like two to three days max but it really is something Mm -hmm. yeah you have to eat it pretty quick but then you just you just need to make it good and honestly it didn't last that long like i would just like cut a slice of bread and put butter on it and be like this is incredible this is like a treat you know i would make toast Mm -hmm. and it would be a treat i love treats like a dog. It's like how a dog barks. <laughs> it's like, what is that even from now? I forget. It's from me talking. <laughs> I said I, I said it wasn't a joke. It I don't was, make it jokes. Was. I just kind of talk. It's like how a dog barks. Let's go to Home Improvements of North real quick. Sure, sure. No! <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do the original. Not strong enough. <laughs> I'm not strong. Obviously, it wouldn't make any sense, but there is, if I still had the files for this one, which unfortunately I don't, I have to rebuild it, um, I would be tempted to make like just a, a variant that we you know that we do make like ten percent of the time. Yeah, <laughs> one of your structures has been slain because everything else is, has been slain. You just gotta make it have a better flow. <laughs> yeah, slay, 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 queen, slay, slay, queen, slay. <laughs> you just I have not had that much trouble. To drink. It's just so you want to be you want to like full. Let's pull the curtain back. You want to be a master Pokemon? You yeah, master let's go. Pokemon. I got new ear pads for my headphones today. Because my old ones and they've just turned apart. you into an idiot. And they're different. Okay, hold on, hold on. Where I'm taking my old ones out of the trash. So this is what my old one looks like. Uh, it's all falling apart, and it's like uh, what do they call you know, Alcantara leather, whatever. It's like very soft, 
And so a thing I noticed recently, like editing Battlecrow, you've probably noticed this. My headphones are fucking leaky. Like, yeah, my my paw pads. It's like a dog barking. Um, (laughs) And so I think it's because I had this type of headphone. God, it's fucking shedding everywhere. (laughs) <laughs> like a dog like a dog okay i'm gonna take my headphones off real quick and so i got replacement ones which was a bit i oh mean have i been shouting this whole time probably not whatever um t- take a fucking picture so i got these <laughs> it'll ones last that are like, you know, leather, leather style right uh and so i'm putting my headphones back on now and so they should seal better so uh, there's less audio leakage in my headphones that leaks into my mm-hmm. fucking microphone yeah, I have it to laugh now for this while. reason too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I, I got these new ones, but they they make they make it sound very different when I'm talking. You know, like how you hear yourself. And I specifically pipe myself back into myself as like a monitoring thing. Yeah, it's the craziest thing you do. Like genuinely, of the things about <laughs> you, it is the most like really? psychotic thing. This is such a standard thing, monitoring. Yourself, oh right? sure that's that's i mean like most podcasters don't do Booty. it it's more right. of a singer thing but sure right the part where even recreationally <laughs> you prefer the sound of your own voice is sociopath behavior Nicholas. it's it's more like no matter what you hear yourself it's i want to uh-huh. like i want it to sound like so i'm i'm taking my headphones off and now i'm putting them back on i don't like Hold on. I have a button that probably won't stop me from recording. Yeah, I don't send it to A2 anymore. So now I'm talking without having monitoring on. And it's like hearing myself, but I'm filtered. And there's the reason why, uh, like, singers have it on is because you can, like, hear yourself and stay on pitch and, like, you know how you're singing. I guess Mm -hmm. just subconsciously, like, I want to know how I'm talking. So I've now turned it back on. Oh, it's so much more comfortable. I don't know. I don't know. It's something about it. Even when I had a MacBook, I found a program that did it. I mean, listen, it seems like one of those things that, like, once you've switched to it, there's it there's just no would back. suck to do anything else. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder. It'd be interesting to try, but. Oh, yeah. <laughs> give, give up hearing yourself for Lent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we're in the home improvements of New Earth. Um. So we, I, I did already post some pictures. So recently, Six knows this. I I, I posted in our, our friend group Discord. I finally, I think I talked about this on a previous bottle, definitely a Battle Crow, or the Patreon bonus stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I finally finished my range hood install. So this is the thing that goes over a, a stove that, you know, exhausts the fumes, the vapors. Um, of course, like with fucking everything, I kind of, you know, overspect it so it's a thousand cfm range hood i posted pictures of the blower motor like with the entire of the you know range for scale it's quite big it was like 30 pounds it has two motors on it and i I, had to use a a 10 inch pipe to go to the outside this is going to sound mocking i genuinely don't mean it that way i like how nick like handles the infrastructure of his life like he's playing a management game. It's like, I mean, sure, I guess I could get the, you know, the, the you know, 50 horsepower engine for this thing, <laughs> but let's just buy a 500 and never worry about it again. <laughs> exactly. And then you have it, just so you have it. I mean, like, listen, if I could do that, 
that's probably how I'd prefer to handle things. That's why if you do it in a management video game, it's because in this fantasy version, it's what you'd prefer to do. So go for it. <laughs> yeah. So here, I'm also going to post a video. This is a, a, a video six has seen before. So I, I started using it. It was a whole ordeal. Like I had to drill a 12 inch hole in the side of my wall because the, the oven is on an external wall. The, the range isn't on a external wall. And the shell oh, I, actually goes up separately. Go ahead. The video has not yet uploaded, but I realized what one it is. And it is such a great, like, there is a small goof in it that Nick does that it's just like, you idiot, good job. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best compliment Six has ever given me. <laughs> Yeah, it was so that the motor you can see went up separately. The entire shell, including the vent, like went out separately. I had to like really kind of crudely make this 12 inch diameter hole in the side of my house, go up on a ladder, do a whole thing, attach a, a very. This is not the final form, but I'm going to make a little custom flashing. This is not it. even your final form. Exactly. Yeah. A metal piece that covers like where the spray foam, the expansion foam is that seals the thing right now. It looks very ugly. I am going to get the siding replaced on my house eventually, probably soon. So I'll do something there, make a bump out. I don't know. But it, whatever, it, it's done functionally. It was it was a little bit of an ordeal, but it was mostly planned and I, I executed fairly well. I didn't have to like fiddle with the size of the hole very much. The, the hood went up. I only had to take it down once. Uh, I was confused on how to put the the motor in there but then figured it out i already had most of the electrical all hooked up it was it was fairly easy and the video shows oh my gosh it really does it chooches this thing sucks it's excellent i'm gonna season like my cast my uh carbon steel sorry walk on this thing mm -hmm. and just i'm just i'm gonna burn the shit out of it I'm going to try to light the oil on fire. I'm going to turn the burner as high as it goes. And I'm going to turn this 1000 CFM thing on. And it's going to be great. It's going to be fine. I'm going to turn the burner as high as it goes is the weirdest country lyric of all time. <laughs> I'm going to turn the burner as high as it goes. I'm going to go to down and going down real Because slow. of you, girl. <laughs> because of you. Yeah. 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 So but the the home of New Earth cooking has never been better. You can't like I could I'm pretty sure carbonize a piece of meat and you would not be able to smell it across the room in, in the, the quote unquote living room. I'm I'm very happy with it. The Boy, amount of time you went without having your burners was just a little oh, a little extreme. a little awful to me. I'm glad yeah. you're I'm glad you're living a civilized life. It's gonna again. keep everything clean, clean, excellent. Mm -hmm. oh. Chef's kiss. The chef's kiss of death. For this episode, right, Six? Uh, yeah, let's stop. That that does sound like a good idea. Unless we want to go to Fan Fiction Corner! I'm actually going to give you well, the out if you don't want to. I mean, are you ready for what we would have to do? Oh, wait, I forgot. <laughs> I don't remember what it is, but it sounds like it's up to you to do the work, so go for it! Oh, no, it's not. I'll just provide you a link. It's fine. Okay. I'm gonna take another drink of this beverage. Okay. Here's your link, Nick. Get to it. 
Gutenberg. <clears throat> oh, that's right. We're reading Carmilla, which I don't know what Carmilla is, I believe. Um, I suppose you'll find out. <laughs> the Project Gutenberg ebook of Carmilla by Joseph Sheridan Lefanu. Release date November 7th of 20 of uh, 2003. Character encoding book version is a yes. UTF-8. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay. Cuz the original release is of course 1872. Okay. Prologue. Okay, drink of water. We can alternate paragraphs if you want for this one. Oh, that sounds... I was, I was going to... Okay. Upon a paper attached to the narrative which follows, Dr. Heselius has written a rather elaborate note, which he accompanies with a reference to his essay, capital E, on the strange subject with which the MS dot illuminates. This mysterious subject he treats in that essay with his usual learning and acumen and with remarkable directness and condensation. It will form but one volume of the series of that extraordinary man's collected papers. As I publish the case in this volume, simply to interest the laity, I shall forestall the intelligent lady who relates it. Okay, so for the first lady was L-A-I-T-Y, by the way. I shall forestall the intelligent lady who relates it in nothing. And after due consideration, I have determined, therefore, to abstain from presenting any presses of the learned doctor's reasoning or extract from his statement on a subject which he describes as, quote, involving, not improbably, some of the profoundest arcana of our dual existence and its intermediates, end quote. I was anxious on discovering this paper to reopen the correspondence commenced by Dr. Heselius so many years before, with a person so clever and careful as, as his informant seems to have been. Much to my regret, however, I found that she had died in the interval. She, probably could have added little to the narrative which she communicates in the following pages with, so far as I can pronounce, such con... con so, why did this word stumble me up? <clears throat> with, so far as I can pronounce, very funny, such conscientious particularity. <clears throat> Chapter 1, An Early Fright. In Styria, we, though by no means magnificent people, inhabit a castle or schloss. A small income in that part of the world goes a great way. Eight or nine hundred a year does wonders. Scantily enough, ours would have answered among wealthy people at home. My father is English, and I bear an English name, although I never saw England. But here, in this lonely and primitive place where everything is so marvelously cheap, I really don't see how ever so much more money would at all materially add to our comforts or even luxuries. My father was in the Austrian service, and retired upon a pension and his patrimony, and purchased this feudal residence and the small estate on which it stands. A bargain. Nothing can be more picturesque or solitary. It stands on a slight eminence in a forest. The road, very old and narrow, passes in front of its drawbridge, never raised in my time, and its moat, stocked with perch and sailed over by many swans, and floating on its surface, white fleets of water lilies. Over all this, the schloss shows its many-windowed front, its towers, and its gothic chapel. The window opens in a regular and very picturesque glade before its gate, and at the right, a steep gothic bridge carries the road over a stream that winds in deep shadow through the wood. I have said that this is a very lonely place. Judge whether I say truth. 
Looking from the hall door towards the road, the forest in which our castle stands extends 15 miles to the right and 12 to the left. The nearest inhabited village is That's about seven been... of your English miles to the left. The nearest inhabited loss of any historical associations is that of old General Spieldorf, nearly 20 miles to the right. I have said the nearest inhabited village because there is only three miles westward. That is to say, in the direction of General Spieldorf's loss, a ruined village with its quaint little church, now roofless, in the isle of which are the moldering tombs of the proud family of Karnstein, now extinct, who once owned the equally desolate chateau which, in the thick of the forest, overlooks the silent ruins of the town. Respecting the cause of the desertion of this striking and melancholy spot, there is a legend which I shall relate to you another time. Excellent. Excellent. Thanks. I must tell you now how very small is the party who constitute, who constitute, who constitute the inhabitants of our castle. I don't include servants or those dependents who occupy rooms in the buildings attached to the schloss. Listen and wonder. My father, who is the kindest man on earth, but growing old, and I, at the date of my story, only nineteen. Eight years have passed since then. I and my father constituted the family at the Schloss. My mother, a Styrian woman, died in my infancy, but I had a good-natured governess who had been with me from, I might say, almost my infancy. I could not remember a time when her fat, benign face was not a familiar picture in my Benin memory. B benign yet. B benign yet? I I, my brain just fixed that because I've never seen that benignant. word in my life. Benignant? It's, is it's, that benign? It's, Kindly it's, it's, and benevolent. It, it is benign. Okay. It is benign. Less yes, common. Benignant. Yes. Okay. Wow. Huh. Learn this was Madame Peridon, a native of Bern, whose care and good nature now in part supplied to me the loss of my mother, whom I do not even remember, so early I lost her. She made a third at our little dinner party. There was a fourth, Mademoiselle de la Fontaine, a lady such as you term. W what? A lady such as you term, oh, a lady such as you term, I believe, a finishing governess. She spoke French she and German. She loves fatalities. <laughs> Fatally. <laughs> Madame Perdon French and broken English, to which my father and I added English, which, partly to prevent its becoming a lost language among us, and partly from patriotic motives, we spoke every day. The consequence was a babble at which strangers used to laugh, and which I make no attempt to reproduce in this narrative. And there were two or three young lady friends besides, pretty nearly of my own age, who were occasional visitors, for longer or shorter terms, and these visits I sometimes returned. These were our regular social resources, but of course there were chance visits from neighbors of only five or six leagues distant. My life was, notwithstanding, rather a solitary one, I can assure you. My governantes had so had just so much control over me. Governance? Governance. I, I think gov governance is, is probably right. There is a fun thing here, which is that because we're alternating, we can see what the other person is about to have to deal with. <laughs> and Nick, I'm sure, is like, ah, so glad I got this one and not the next one. <laughs> the uh, choice of, of line breaks here is really something. My governance had just so much control over me as you might conjecture such sage preachers would have in the case of a rather spoiled girl, whose only parent allowed her pretty nearly her own way in everything. 
the first occurrence in my existence which produced a terrible impression on my mind, which in fact never has been effaced, was one of the very earliest instances of my life which I can recall. Some people will think it's so trifling that they could... <clears throat> Some people will think it's so trifling that it should not be recorded here. You will see, however, by and by, why I mention it. The nursery, as it was called, though I had it all to myself, was a large room in the upper story of the castle with a steep oak roof. I can't have been more than six years old when one night I awoke... Okay, so this is long enough <laughs> that it is like transferring from line to line sometimes right. you lose track. Yeah. <clears throat> when one night I awoke and looking round the room from my bed failed to see the nursery maid. Neither my nurse was there and I thought myself alone. I was not frightened for I was one of those happy children who are studiously kept in ignorance of ghost stories, of fairy tales, and of all such lore as makes us cover up our heads when the door cracks suddenly or the flicker of an expiring candle makes the shadow of a bedpost dance upon the wall nearer to our faces. I was vexed and insulted at finding myself, as I conceived, neglected, and I began to whimper, preparatory to a hearty bout of roaring when, to my surprise, I saw a solemn but very pretty face looking at me from the side of the bed. It was that of a young lady who was kneeling with her hands towards the uh, <clears throat> who was kneeling with her hands under the coverlet. I looked at her with a kind of pleased wonder and ceased whimpering. She caressed me with her hands and lay down beside me on the bed and drew me towards herself, smiling. I felt immediately delightfully soothed and fell asleep again. I was wakened when, by a sensation as if two needles ran through my breast the very same moment, and I cried loudly. The lady started back with her eyes fixed on me, and then slipped down upon the floor, and, as I thought, hid herself under the bed. I was now for the first time frightened, and I yelled with all my might and main. Nurse, nursery maid, housekeeper all came running in, and hearing my story, they made light of it, soothing me all they could meanwhile. But, child as I was, I could perceive that their faces were pale with an unwanted look of anxiety, and I saw them look under the bed, and about the room, and peep under tables and pluck open cupboards, and the housekeeper whispered to the nurse, Lay your hand along that hollow in the bed. Someone did lie there, so sure as you did not. The place is still warm. I remember the nursery maid petting me and all three examining my chest where I told them I felt the puncture and pronouncing that there was no sign visible that any such thing had happened to me. The housekeeper and the two other servants who were in charge of the nursery remained sitting up all night, and from that time a servant always sat up in the nursery until I was about fourteen. I was very nervous for a long time after this. A doctor was called in. He was very pallid and elderly. How well I remember his long, saturnine face, slightly pitted with smallpox and his chestnut wig. For a good while, every second day, he came and gave me medicine, which, of course, I hated. The morning, after I saw this, the morning after I saw this apparition, I was in a state of terror, and could not bear to be left alone, daylight though it was, for but a moment. I remember my father coming up and standing at the bedside and talking cheerfully and asking the nurse a number of questions and laughing very heartily at one of the answers, and patting me on the shoulder and kissing me and telling me not to be frightened, that it was nothing but a dream and could not hurt me. But I was not comforted, for I knew the visit of the strange woman was not a dream, and I was awfully frightened. I was a little consoled by the nursery maids assuring me that it was she who had come and looked at me, and lain down beside me in the bed, and I must have been half-dreaming to not know her face. But though this... 
<clears throat> but this, though supported by the nurse, did not quite satisfy me. I remembered, in the course of that day, a venerable old man in a black cassock coming into the room with the nurse and housekeeper, and talking a little to them, and very kindly to me, his face was very sweet and gentle, and he told me they were going to pray, and joined my hands together, and desired me to say softly while they were praying, Lord, hear all good prayers for us, for Jesus' sake. I think those were the very words, for I oft repeated them to myself, and my nurse used for years to make me say them in my prayers. I remembered so well the thoughtful sweet face of that white-haired old man in his black cassock as he stood in that rude, lofty brown room with the clumsy furniture of a fashion three hundred years old about him, and the scanty light entering its shadowy atmosphere through the small lattice. He kneeled, and the three women with him, and he prayed aloud in an earnest, quavering voice for what appeared to me of long time. I forgot all my life preceding that event, and for some time, it, and for some time after, all is obscure also. But the scenes I have just described stand out vivid as isolated pictures of the phantasmagoria surrounded by darkness. Chapter two, a guest. We're not. I am now that's next time. <laughs> no, I, I was going to play. Long. I was playing chicken with you. So <laughs> if you kept going, I was like, what if this is a three-hour bottle? <laughs> We're going to have to have another abridged version. Thank you. I, I think this is fun. I am this hoping is. the interaction picks up a little more. <laughs> <laughs> I would like dialogue so we can talk to each other. This is something. Have you read Cam Camilla before? I have not. I am aware of what it's about, and you might be able to guess at this point as well. I see. I cannot. As vampires. How would that I was a vampire. Known? Oh, because because she got bit by a vampire in the chest. <laughs> yes. Okay. In a boob. <laughs> well, booby. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Booty. All right, I've added it to my fan fiction corner notes. Uh, as always, we are also on The New World of Track 6 by Dotaman99, uh, finished chapter 7. Uh, still waiting for an update on that one. And Dota High School by Missing Middle. We are in the middle of chapter 5. I, I believe Alan got us there when it was uh, an Alan and I the other day. Woof. Like a dog barking. <laughs> Now, right. six, well, I'm going yes. to go lie on the cold, hard ground. Ah, oh, 